Puck comes to the right side, half wall. so there, opens up, he shoots, score! William Carlson tipped it home. 3-0 Golden Knights. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Ducks back in. Petrano put it on goal. Save Thompson. He sprawls and gets the rebound too. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here's your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas. Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace hanging out at Parkway Tavern, Mark Street in Henderson. Darren Millard live in L.A., Crypto.com Arena, and Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... What's happening, fellas? How was the holiday? Fantastic. How was yours? Uh, it was good. Uh, nice to have a little bit of downtime, uh, a couple of days where you don't have to get up and run over the rink or prepare for a game. I can't imagine what the players and the coaching staffs uh, across the National Hockey League feel like, especially a team like Vegas or a club like they're playing tonight in the LA Kings who have played uh, together uh, the most games in the National Hockey League. Uh, so uh, a little bit of a, a breather. I'm curious, though. Like when you guys shut it down after going at a frenetic pace like it has been, do you find it even tougher to keep going than it was in the middle of the fray? Yeah, I mean, I, I find that anytime I have a bit of a break, it, yeah. it takes me a long time to get uh, to get back into midseason form. As ridiculous as that might sound, like three-day break, I, I'm I'm set back like two months. So I ask you that because it leads into the question about tonight. Yeah. Will we see teams come out and just fly up and down the ice and uh, go with great uh, speed and uh, skill because they've had a chance to recoup and catch their breath, or will they be a little sluggish out of the gate? And it's 50-50 on the, on the people that I, that I talk to about what you're going to see, which means it may be 50-50 between players on the ice and, and shift to shift. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm always kind of rooting for chaos, and I think that, you know, as we talked about going into the Christmas break, that there was a, a bit of unpredictability because you've got your mindset in, in different places, I think that, you know, for tonight's game, I, I, I kind of want a little bit of both. I want structure at times, but I'd also like to see some uh, some unstructured play because that leads, that tends to lead to more goals and, and, and more entertaining hockey. Well, and here's the difference between the game on the 23rd and the game tonight. The game going into Christmas is a mental battle yep. because you've got distractions all over the place and you've got this carrot of a break coming up and you have a chance to reconnect with your family and reconnect uh, with uh, basically real life tonight uh guys are excited to to get back sure they'd like uh, a little bit longer of a, of a time away they're going to get that with the bye weeks in the in the all-star break but uh, uh they're they're looking forward to getting back in it'll be the physical part and not having uh practiced or been away from their routine i guess is the best way to say it uh that's going to be the challenge to get right back into it so for instance uh, a team like vegas this is how the uh, the collective bargaining agreement uh, works in, in the National Hockey League. All teams get the 24th, the 25th, 
and the 26th, which is mm-hmm. Boxing Day in Canada. You get those three days are mandated off. Now, if you wanted to go in and twirl, I'm sure you could if you really wanted to. But uh, but there's no obligation for any player uh, to be at the rink on those three days. How you get around that uh, and, and being able to play on a day like today is this is the one day all year in the National Hockey League calendar where teams are permitted to travel on the day of a game. Mm-hmm. And that's what Vegas did this morning. Uh, the, the plane uh, boarded uh, at 7.30 this morning, and the, the club uh, flew off to uh, Los Angeles. They had a morning skate, a morning practice, more of a practice uh, than, than an actual uh, traditional morning skate to get things going, some, uh, some work in the power play, some line rushes, uh, getting into it, and then they'll, they'll play tonight. And uh, in Los Angeles, while they didn't have to travel, did the exact same thing. They, they weren't able to, to skate yesterday or the day before and at Christmas or anything like that. So everybody comes back. Uh, they go from zero to 60 mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they travel. And, uh, and if you're wondering, w- why don't teams travel uh, during the, the course of the season? Is, is the National Hockey League wants teams in the city that they're going to be playing in the night before so there's no risk of cancellation or mal- jet, uh, say you get uh, stranded on the tarmac and, and you don't have another jet to, to take you. There's no issues with, with getting the teams there. But they manage to or they work with the players on this particular situation to maximize those three days. And the players, they, they don't like traveling on the day of a game either because it throws off all the routine mm-hmm. and the preparedness. But they, like everybody else would, uh, are willing to look the other way on this one occasion to get that extra day during the holidays. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of the, the give and take and the ebb and flow. But, you know, if it gets you three full days off, and, and I think for a lot of Golden Knights players and I think a lot of NHL hockey players, uh, you'll take that third day and, and a disruption to your routine um, because I, I think that, that that's so important, especially this time of year. And, and with all the hockey the Golden Knights have played, three days of, of as much rest as possible it should do you well. I wonder who has the most trouble getting into the swing tonight is it the power plays is it the really skilled guys uh is it the guys who bang and crash and haven't been banging and crashing uh for a couple of days and uh they're like geez i feel good why do i want to go back and hurt my body again and do that or is it the maybe the the goaltenders who haven't skated for for three days and that quite honestly is an eternity for a national hockey league netminer yeah i i feel like the skilled positions or, or the higher skilled positions would be the ones that, you know, are, are most most in need of constant touches and routine, right? Like I think, you know, if you're looking at Will Carrier and, and Nick Waugh and Keegan Colasar, if they keep the game simple, they put pucks behind defensemen, they go in and bang. Like I think that you, as you mentioned, Darren, like physically you probably feel as good as you felt all season long. So there might be a, a little extra jump in their step tonight. But, you know, when, when it comes to – the, the touches that you need to have, the precision that you need to have either to feather a pass through or make a move in, in transition or, or at a high level, uh, I think that's probably where you're going to see the, the most rust uh, of a player. I wouldn't be surprised if you see a couple of pizzas uh, thrown up the middle tonight. <laughs> yeah. uh, all, and we're talking all around the National Hockey League. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the, the game moves so fast, and these guys haven't 
played at that speed for a few days. And you see it with one guy goes out of the lineup for a while, and it takes him a little bit to, to, to get back in. I mean, Alex Petrangelo is one of the rarities that can go nine games without playing and then step in mm-hmm. and, and play 23 minutes. Yeah. That, that does, doesn't usually happen. So uh, the, the, the pace of the game is so fast at that level, and when you're right into it, uh, little things like uh, reads and, and, uh, and timing uh, on a breakout pass or a goaltender or navigating traffic uh, and and the the handoffs between a goaltender and defenseman, keep an eye on that mm-hmm. uh, as well. Those those things that we kind of take for granted in this amazing sport that we love. Uh, tonight's one of those ones where there may be a little bit of a uh, getting back into the swing of things by the second period. Like all excuses are are gone. Mm-hmm. You're you're back. You're ready to go. Let let's get it done. But the 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 first ten minutes, uh, first fifteen minutes, I'll, I'll give them uh, the benefit uh, a little bit of a pass on this, uh, just uh, because they they've been out of rhythm for a little bit. And I, I think I think goaltenders will will have the biggest uh, mm-hmm. challenge early, and they might if a team's outplayed in the early going of a game tonight around the league. I'd want to be the guy who's being outplayed, playing for that team, to get me into the swing of things. <laughs> I would, I would rather if I'm the goaltender. I don't want to be standing at my end yeah. with two touches for the first 15 minutes, uh, as my team uh, has all the play and is battling and peppering the other guy down at the other end. Unless we're up like seven nothing. Yeah. But but the. Uh, I don't want to be standing there doing doing that, watching all the other action, and and then it then it comes to me. Uh, normally, I wouldn't say that. I'm all favor, <laughs> all in favor of uh, of me, uh, my team uh, controlling uh, the and dominating uh, the action. But tonight, it's a bit of a flip. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're a goalie in this spot, you want to feel the puck as as early and as often as you possibly can. But ideally, from the outside, nothing nothing in tight, nothing too dangerous. Just get a feel for the puck, get a feel for getting into the game and, and maybe a little bit more volume wouldn't be a bad thing. Uh, I'm in, in crypto uh, today because of a weird happening. So you oh. guys are aware of the the cyclone bomb, uh, Elliot, that went across North America over the last few days. Not to be confused with Darren Elliot. No, no, but uh, but Darren Elliott, uh, he has uh, plenty of uh, of uh, shoulders that he can carry that type of weight. Mm. Like he has influence beyond your wildest expectations. So uh, I think there's a part of Elliott that appreciates that uh, something named after him or of the same name, different spelling, but of the same name, has caused havoc and such uh, influence uh, over uh, the the last couple of days across North America. And this thing went from uh, B.C. Uh, in, in Canada, uh, all the way down to Mexico, and all across uh, North America. And, uh, and it uh, had snow. Like, Buffalo is a mess. Yeah. Like, the the Buffalo Bills couldn't get home for Christmas, <laughs> and the Buffalo Sabres game tonight yeah. in Columbus was canceled because the Sabres couldn't get out because the the airports uh, shut down. Like there's some wild scenes, and uh, and it, it 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 just was everywhere. But uh, but the AT and T Sportsnet uh, offices for the Rocky Mountain region are in Denver, 
That's okay. where the, the, the studio is for their Rockies coverage, and they do, uh, they do um, the Utah Jazz. They have those uh, broadcasts, but the, the main hub is located in, in Denver. Got it. And that's where our control room, when we do road games, uh, the control room operates out of Denver. So the, the producer, the director, the audio, everybody's out of Denver. And Darren Elliott, believe it or not, and I, Darren and I, are the only two at City National Arena. <laughs> we're, we're all by ourselves, and we're talking through our, our earphones uh, to, to Denver. Well, what happened was when the, when the temperature plunged the other night, and it yeah. was a crazy drop, uh, there was nobody around a lot of these buildings. Well, the, the building in which AT&T Sportsnet is located had a pipe burst, and there was big flooding all over uh, the offices which also housed the control room, uh, which housed the studio, which housed the edit bays, everything. And they just, they can't get up and running because they're trying to figure out what they're going to do with it. So right now, I'm on the road for the next couple. Hopefully it's just a couple, and I'll be back in Studio 31 uh, right after for the game in Colorado, right after the new year. But uh, but we'll we'll see how it goes. But I get to uh, I got the call yesterday. You're going on a plane. You're going to go to to LA, which uh, which I like because uh, uh, I like coming to uh, to LA live, and I like uh, being in this building. I like to get to hang out with a couple of my buddies uh, who uh, who are in and around the National Hockey League here. What's your go-to spot in LA? Uh, well, I go down to um, Hermosa Beach okay. is, is what I usually do yeah. because uh, that's where I have two uh, friends that live down there. That's normally what I do. I will not get there today. Uh, I was at the hotel. Uh, I was at the rink, and then I was at the hotel, and then I'm uh, back at the rink, and then we go to Anaheim uh, tonight. But it's, it's cool being on the road. I, I like it during the preseason. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of those people that needs to travel 24/7. I've done enough of it over the course of my life. Uh, might be old man, get off my lawn and uh, <laughs> and stop uh, scattering leaves on my driveway. Uh, I, I I may sound like that, uh, but the odd time, I don't mind uh, being on the road. I just I don't need to do it full time. The, the enjoyment out of this one is it's different. And I get to bug Gary Lawless in person. I yep. get to really, really super annoy Shane Knighty, which is one of my favorite things uh, because he's already crusty. So if sure. I can get to him and get him to smile a little bit and get mm. uh, get under his skin where where I can crack through that uh, that crust, uh, that's uh, that's always an enjoyable too. And uh, and hanging out with Ashley Vice is good too. Fortunately for them, it's only like an hour flight. Yeah, I don't talk on the plane though. Oh, you don't. You don't do that. No, I'm. I'm reading a book right now. Uh, the, is that the only time you're quiet during a yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. Is when I, you're flying? Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm trying to capitalize. On, I'm reading a book called The Club, which is all about the uh, the story history of the Premiership uh, soccer in uh, in England and mm. how it came to be because uh, like it was it was not in a good place in the eighties. And then they did this uh, kind of gamble on it, and it became the world's uh, greatest league. So that that's kind of it. And with uh, with Bill Foley, uh, the acquisition of Bournemouth, uh, the Cherries, uh, I'm trying to uh, just educate myself a little bit of that. So I, I dove into the uh, into uh, a little bit of uh, literature. Now I've heard a rumor that one member yes. of the broadcast team is not a fan of flying. Oh, there's a couple. Oh, oh, there's more than one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 
And and they're the uh, the two buddies. <laughs> it's Dave and Shane. They're 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 not good flyers at all. <laughs> now are are you? Like you don't. You, it's one of those ones where you know I I would I would usually take that and use it to my advantage, and pick away or poke and oh, that's, uh, that's, and, that's, and needle. But that's, but they're that's not nice. Yeah, they're such they're such bad flyers. I don't even go there because it, I would I would feel bad. In fact. Uh, going there. Well, that must they be really are, bad. They if, are if you hold, feel bad. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't does that not put it into perspective? No, it does. <laughs> like, like if does. I feel bad, then it's really, really extreme when it comes to uh, to those two and their uh, phobia about flying. We're talking like grab the armrest and and <laughs> half an hour later, there's still an indentation. Uh, on that thing with uh, with those guys with a little bit of turbulence. I saw some turbulence the other day uh, on a uh, Hawaiian Airlines flight, and people like, do you guys? Did I ask you this? Do you buckle yep. in? Like, yep. Oh, like, always. Like, wow. Yeah, me too. And and I was thinking about that uh, that today. But I'm I'm a pretty good flyer. But I wouldn't bug those guys about that. No, that would be mean. I'll bug them about anything else though, like anything else. Absolutely. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm starting to sense a little sarcasm when you say no, that, though. No, I wouldn't bug them about that. Well, but I, think, I, would. I think Shane would probably hurt you if you did. Well, he, but he can't hurt me. Not while he's, he's flying. He's, yeah, no, exactly. But he, you he, have to get on the ground at some point. No, Chapman, I think, I think we're learning why Darren doesn't talk much on the plane. Right, like he's he's got to read because it's something to occupy his time because he to just prevent him be, from being he that can't guy. be mean <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> about how how poor the flyers are. Like well, it's you know fantastic. What the the, uh, the weird thing about I don't know whether anybody else is like this, uh, but when when I'm on a, a regular flight, like not uh, flying with the with the club, uh, I don't talk at all. I, I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to give my ticket. I want to scan my boarding pass. I want to get on the plane and then I fall asleep. Like that's that's I've conditioned myself to do that because I don't need to know about what uh, what you're doing when you get to wherever or who you're going to visit or how long you're going to be there or how your trip was when you stayed there. I don't need to know any of that because I'm never going to see you again and I don't really care, quite honestly. I'm, I'm the and same so way. And <laughs> so I, I close my eyes or I pretend to close my eyes oh. and and uh, I, I'll, I'll maybe grab a, a beverage. But uh, as far as catching up or doing anything, not a chance do i want to know anything or uh about you or what's going to happen to you yeah i'm like that too i i put my headphones yeah. on i want to listen to my music or watch whatever i've downloaded on the ipad i have zero interest in talking to anybody on the plane wallace wallace would be the guy beside me mm-hmm. telling me his life story i don't think so and, and, no, and, no, and that no. and that would drive me nuts and i would just eventually get up and go sit somewhere else if there's an like open trade seat, seat. Yeah. No, no no i just I, I just say hey hey uh i don't know you but you look like somebody who would love that seat over there and then i would slip them some cash just to get the heck away from from the Wallace uh, life story. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't speak on flights. I don't talk at all. Well, you don't travel. You don't have a passport. You don't. You I mean, don't have I've, any I've type traveled of traveled before. You barely okay. have a license. Yeah, that's not true. <laughs> oh, they're playing the song. Oh. I'm gonna stand for the song. Okay. Make sure you remove your hat. Yeah, my hat's my hat's off. I. I I shouldn't be talking right now, you guys. Oh, it's a good thing that you're not singing it. It's a good thing that you haven't lost any bets on Team Canada recently. Oh. Oh, he's not going to talk. Okay, fantastic. Um, listen, 
Your time to I shine, Ryan. I know. I. It happens so infrequently, Chapman. I don't know what to do with it. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, I know I don't travel as much as as you seasoned travelers, especially you, Chapman. But like, on a plane, I, I have no desire to talk to anybody either. Mainly because I'm not a good flyer. I don't like flying. I'm not a fan of flying. I am scared every time I get onto a plane. So there's no speaking until I'm firmly back on the ground. That's how I operate when it comes to flying. At no point in time would I want to tell my life story because then I'd feel like I'm telling it for the final time. I, I get that. You know, when, when I, I flew with my wife last uh, winter, we took a, a trip to Europe. She didn't talk to me for like 10 hours. And I felt like maybe it's the longest we've got in our relationship without me bugging her about something. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> she she checked out. She's like eye pillows on, and she's or or, or she's gone. She's like, no, nope, don't talk to me. Did you find that when you guys landed, everything was a lot better? Oh, it was great. Yeah. Oh, it was great. She wanted like, she want she wanted in and out for dinner on the way right. home. Oh, it was great. This is what hold, I'm saying. Hold on, like, hold on. If we, hold on. if we went on a flight, all three of us, like oh, we would, we would improve first of all, our we're all sitting in three different rows. A hundred, a hundred percent. You said the eye pillows. Yeah, she she wears like the eye What's mask. Eye, well, that's an eye yeah, mask. Yeah, but she has Not she has eye pillows. No, she has eye pillows eye too. Pillow. She uses so it's an eye pillow. It's it's like a um, it has like it's like a bean bag. But you put it over your eyes, and it, it's, it helps you relax. Chapman. Yes? Can we pretend, like, from now on that we're flying? No, of course not. I, no, I'm no. terrible at playing pretend. No, that way we're not talking to each other. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work very well. Eye pillows. Yeah, my wife has. I, I just explained it to you. Eye pillows. Bizarre. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get more into the LA Kings Vegas Golden Knights uh, game. We also have uh, news and notes, uh, one-timers around the National Hockey League as I bring you up to date with uh, some stuff that's happening, a couple of injuries uh, that uh, have been released by National Hockey League teams and, and maybe more eyesight, insight into uh, the life of uh, Chris Chapman. It's the Fox Sports Las Vegas VGK Insider Show coming at you live from Vegas and Los Angeles. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Darren Millard at Crypto.com in Los Angeles ahead of the Golden Knights' uh, second visit of the season uh, to the home of the Kings. The other two games uh, will be played back in Vegas in the second half of the season. It's the start of a back-to-back -back set for the Golden Knights coming out of the Christmas break. They'll wrap it up tomorrow against the Anaheim Ducks. Third back-to-back -back of the season for Vegas. They swept the first two, lost uh, both in the second back-to-back. Uh, -back. Uh, so tonight, uh, the way it went, it looks like a split. But uh, let's, uh, let's hope for another sweep tonight. Uh, this evening will be interesting. And then Bruce Cassidy actually said something uh, interesting this morning during the uh, media availability that uh, he thought uh, energy and enthusiasm would carry the the, the the day today and then tomorrow uh, maybe a little bit of fatigue uh, sets in. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Ryan Wallace, you are out and about. Yeah, Parkway Tavern on Mark Street in Henderson. It's Taco Tuesday, so make sure you come down. Um, Listen, it, it, plenty of TVs. Um, there's going to be a poker night here as well. So, like, everything 
It's happening all at once here at Parkway Tavern on Mark Street to get down here, say hello, and watch the game among friends. Did we want to do game ratings for the St. Louis game? We haven't done it, obviously, because yeah. we've been off. But I wonder whether it's just moot because it was such an amazing, thrilling, fantastic finish to the night that uh, we would all be uh, on the status of the DeLorean. But if anybody has a different opinion, speak now, and we will go through the process. Chapman, do you want to do it? I mean, I'm I'm on board with it being a DeLorean. I thought it was a fun game. It was. I, I just love when these two teams play because the games are always entertaining. So it's, it's always entertaining. Yeah, I, I'm with you. We don't have to go through like a, a whole proper game rating. It's a DeLorean. We'll we'll go five out of five. Yeah, it's too bad in the sense uh, like that's one of those ones that you can carry some momentum over to. Uh, the next game, but then you've got the pause. But it's also one where, yeah, what a way to go into the break and enjoy everything and not to have one single little bit hanging over seemingly any player uh, from that game and be able to, to fire it up and, and uh, walk into the uh, three-day pause with uh, a lot of good vibes around you. Yeah, I think it was an important win for the Golden Knights. I think it was a situation where, you know, you get the win, you get to, to, to be above 500 at the Christmas break on home ice, and you get uh, two wins in a row on home ice to kind of send it into the break. And, you know, again, it, it was an exciting game, and your your best players were your best players. Uh, Mark Stone, Chandler Stevenson, Michael Amadio was, was a heck of a night uh, in his career. Um, I think that you get a lot out of that victory. And for the Golden Knights, uh, stringing them together going into the break was probably, in my estimation, the, the changing of the guard in terms of what their, what their record's going to be on home ice. I think it was a really important win. Had a chance to speak to uh, Michael Amadio this morning and just uh, about uh, his feelings and uh, where he's come in the last few games. And he's, he's been with that top line for three games now. And he even admitted to me, like there was a, a little stretch last year where he was on a roll, but to do what he's been able to put up numbers-wise and possession-wise and impressing the coaching staff-wise uh, the last uh, three games is something uh, of a role that, that he's never experienced since his junior days or the American Hockey League. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an important spot, too, like where – you know, for the Golden Knights, you needed somebody to to fill in that spot, to be a player that can continue to make plays and, and be productive alongside Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. And, you know, we had seen Paul Cotter do it. We had seen Brett Howden at times earlier on in the year do it. Obviously, Jack Eichel can play with anybody in the world and elevate that line. But to see Michael Amadio step into that spot and, and, and be as good as he's been recently... Um, you know, for the Golden Knights right now, you're going to need that while you're trying to get a little bit healthier. So it's impressive. Like Cotter, what he was able to do and slide in there and uh, and be very productive. Uh, we saw Max Pacioretty in the past uh, there. Jack Eichel is the regular centerman in that role. And, and now Michael Amadio uh, putting up points. I wonder, and I'll put this to you, Ryan, is this as much about Stone and Stevenson as it is about the other players being able to adjust their games and mesh with those two? Uh, to me, I feel like it's, uh, it's maybe more about Stone and Stevenson than, than it is necessarily the other players. I, I think it's really difficult to not be able to play 
with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone. Mark Stone's such a smart player. He's able to create offense and drive um, seemingly out of nowhere with his defensive skill. And then you've got the speed of Chandler Stevenson, which acts as, as really an opportunity to, to push players off and away. I think that there's maybe a little bit of an adjustment period, as we saw from Mike Amadio, in, in trying to figure out where to go and what spots and to always be ready. But I think that when you've got the hockey IQ of Mark Stone and you've got the, the physical skills of Chandler Stevenson, when you put those two together, uh, you've you got to be able to find a way to produce. And I think that it, it speaks to how well those two play together that Michael Amadio has been able to, to fit in and fit in well. Do you know the highest drafted player on that line? Who it is? Is it, is it Amadio? Chandler Stevenson. Okay, all right. Middle of the third round, uh, Michael Amadio was the uh, end of the third round in the second Stanley Cup year for the <laughs> L.A. Kings. Yeah. And then Mark Stone was a sixth round selection uh, for but for the uh, Ottawa Senators. But is is that amazing? And they've all had their trials and their challenges and the things that they had to overcome mm-hmm. uh, over the course of their career. Uh, for Mark, it was always his skating, which I'll never get because he never gets caught in a breakaway and he, he finds a way to get there all the time. Uh, but uh, that was a big knock on him, even though he was a world junior player. And we'll get to the world junior tournament that uh, is underway in, in Canada in just a, a little bit during the VGK Insider Show. Uh, so Mark, even though he's a superstar and a captain, had to find a way to get past uh, his challenges. Uh, for Michael Amadio, he was a late third-round choice, uh, a guy that spent his first uh, number of years in the LA Kings organization and, and had to go other places uh, in order to to find his home. And now he's settling in with the with the Vegas Golden Knights. And for Chandler Stevenson, was a, uh, a skilled player in the Western Hockey League, but was in a crowded house of skill in Washington and was was just behind other players and was buried there and he's overcome it and all three players are now together on what is the hottest line in the National Hockey League. Yeah, it, it, it certainly puts things into perspective when you start to think about players as only one thing early on in their careers, right? I, I think for Chandler Stevenson, the the amount of skill that he has is ridiculous. The speed his patience with the puck, he's got good handles, obviously, he's got a nose for the net, knows where to go, um, but, you know, in, in Washington, it was very much a, a designated fourth-line checking role, and for a player to, to be that for the first half of his career and absolutely blossom when given the opportunity to display some of the skills that he has, uh, it goes to show you just how talented everyone is in the NHL. It's it's really about fulfilling roles and, and, and taking advantage of an opportunity when you get it. And, and that's where you can take advantage of really good teams. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times we're focused on the bad teams and who might be available in a trade, who might be selling at the trade deadline, and those types of players dominate our attention. Jacob Chikrin. Uh, is is a great example of that. Uh, we've been talking about him for for a couple of years, and every year uh, there's one of those Claude Drew uh, last year, the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, that veteran player uh, available. But if you've got a good scouting staff and a good hockey operations department and uh, uh, the the Vegas Golden Knights uh, certainly have that in in Von Karpin who's uh, the eagle eye uh, when it comes to to spotting talent and uh, and being able to to find uh, those players that may be underutilized then then you can you can pick away at the really good teams where 
players aren't, who aren't getting that chance get buried under those uh, those bigger superstars and are overshadowed by those massive names and uh, those players that aren't getting the chance. And that's exactly what they did with mm-hmm. Chandler Stevenson. I don't fault Washington at all yeah. in, in the way they, they handled uh, Chandler Stevenson. They had superstar talent in, in a Stanley Cup uh, winning team, in a Stanley Cup winning window. Yep. And and he was uh, on the lower end of that. Now, would would they like to have ha- like to have him back right now? For sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do they have some kind of regret? I'm sure. But at the time, there's no spot for him, and uh, they they were able to to get an asset uh, in in a draft choice uh, for Chandler Stevenson. But uh, but you see what he's been able to develop. That that's on Chandler. What he's become, and that's also on the uh, the pro scouting staff uh, being able to recognize that potential. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you you've got to be in a position where you can find players that you believe can be impactful. And and for the Golden Knights, I, I think if you look at all the trades that have that have kind of taken place in in this franchise's history, I don't know that there's been a more impactful, better return on your investment via trade than Chandler Stevenson. Well, salary-wise, for sure, yeah. as well. Yeah. Because they acquired him. Uh, he he cut his teeth and got into a, a lineup uh, rotation with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone had some success, and then they, they got him under contract long-term. And he, he is less than $3 million on the cap hit yep. for a guy that's leading your team in point production. Sure, you could say Jack Eichel would be there if Jack Eichel uh, was healthy, but the, the, the fact of the matter is uh, Chandler Stevenson had uh, three stretches this year where he's had points of in five games or more and is on the longest run uh, of a season right now and is, and is topping your club in, in production. And uh, I don't care what's going on or what uh, this, that, or whoever's not in the lineup, that's darn impressive from, uh, from uh, a, a Chandler Stevenson side of things. And there's there's the other part where you wonder how how high can it go? Yep. It's like seriously, how how good can he be? I, when when I saw him with with Mark and and Max, uh, I was a firm believer that that he made them much better. Mm-hmm. That going out and and acquiring a number one center wasn't necessarily the answer because he got so much out of those two players. Now you look at it and what they did, and I know Max isn't here, but uh, but you've you've still you're still maximizing Chandler by moving him to the wing, and his ability to, to still be versatile enough to perform on the wing, and with with Jack Eichel, I I went from thinking mm, 55, 60 points maybe for a, a player like Chandler Stevenson, which I think is a, is a good total, mm-hmm. to can Chandler Stevenson be a, a 75 to 80-point guy? And I don't know, maybe, maybe there's more more there than that. But uh, you're talking massive contribution and massive uh, uh, value uh, if if he's in the 70-point range, which it looks like he's, he's going to be this year. Yeah, I mean, I think seventy points is is probably where you're you're looking at his numbers right now and kind of expecting him to end up. And that's, you know, that's understanding that he's on an absolute heater right now. Fourteen points in his last seven games, a seven game point streak for Chandler Stevenson. 
Um, I I don't know where where to put the the limit on him, and I, I don't know that he's got limitations, right? Like what Chandler's able to do right now down the middle with Mark Stone and Michael Amadio or Paul Cotter or whoever you're kind of inserting into that line. Consistently, he's he's been coming through and, and putting up points. So um, I don't know if this recent run uh, kind of changes the plan when when everyone's back and healthy and whether or not you're able to kind of like spread your lineup a little bit more evenly through four lines. But what I do think is you're getting Chandler Stevenson. You're getting the best version of Chandler Stevenson, and I think that this is a player that continues to to, to show us that when you think you've got him figured out, he's got another gear. Yeah. I- I want to be able to say he's a 70-point guy. Yeah. But part of me is thinking, haven't you learned your lesson in, in, <laughs> in putting limitations? Sure, yeah. Why, why not go all out and, 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 and put some boastful number on, and then maybe if, if he catches up to it, you're, you're the smart guy and you're, you're, you're the brilliant guy. But, but just to go incrementally uh, mm-hmm forward with with Chandler seems like uh like it's uh you're not giving enough respect to what he's been able to do in his evolution since he arrived uh arrived here and he's he's making it look like uh it's a situation where do you keep him and and there's there's got to be more uh just visibility of this line with uh Matteo and and stone yeah. uh, to see see what they can do but if if that line continues like do you move jack somewhere else and 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 you make it uh, more of a balance and does that solve your uh, uh missing hole on that on the the one line that you're you're having trouble getting uh much out of uh, right now uh, the the line that usually got Phil Kessel on it mm-hmm. and and Phil I, I thought played great with uh, with Riley Smith and, and William Carlson the other night uh, as well I thought that was one of his more uh Im- impactful games on the ice but uh see see what I'm talking about Amadio yeah. if if that continues and, and he's and he he's gelling with with those two and you're still getting that top end production out of that line mm-hmm. then it allows you to make some uh, some other decisions that you wouldn't normally do to give yourself a lot more depth yeah i, I think that it, it's certainly on the table so long as that line continues to produce or yeah. some iteration of it right like let's just say for the sake of argument you're able to get kind of a, a four or five six game bump for up for michael amadio and then if the results tend to even out, you get a little bit healthier. Maybe Paul Cotter's back in the lineup, and you're able to find something that works and it works consistently. Then I think, you know, by the time Jack Eichel's able to return, I think that you've got legitimate questions that can be that can be asked. Of can you make the lineup overall better, overall deeper? Can you create mismatches down your lineup a little bit more? Can you solve what's going on with your third line and make it more productive? by keeping Chandler Stevenson and, and, or the tandem of Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone with another player, and then you've got Jack Eichel to kind of play around with. I, I think that ultimately, as we saw at the beginning of the year, like that's ideally, I think, what, what Bruce Cassidy wants to do, but it wasn't going as well as putting everybody, putting Eichel with, with Stevenson and Stone and having the misfits back together. I think injuries give you a lot of, a lot of time to experiment because it's necessity to do so. And I think if the Golden Knights can find something that consistently works, it's something that you look at when everyone's healthy. Yeah, and it just uh, it avails you to different options in-game too. 
uh, yeah. to be able to, to slide things around. And that's another option that uh, that we know that Bruce Cassidy has been uh, prone to use uh, at times when the, when the game's not going his way and he's able to slide things around. And, and I, I want to make sure everybody knows, like Michael Amadio had two points. Until until he joined this line, mm-hmm. but in the last in the last three games he's got five. So we there's there's got to be more of a uh, a look here and production for this to ever uh, to come into that uh, that real serious uh, discussion level. But he's he's put it in the back of my mind right now uh, as far as what you might be able to do uh, either short term or if it continues longer term. Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely on the table if, and as we've, we've kind of put the caveat on there, you continue to get production. And, and you're not necessarily asking Michael Amadio to, to score five points in three games for, for the rest of the duration that Jack Eichel might be out of the lineup. But you at least need to see that line's level of play not tail off. Hear that? I do. We're still playing Christmas music here. Chapman's That's got to drive Chapman up the audio wall. Yeah, he's not happy. I'm okay with it. Okay, you're you're not okay with Christmas music. Yeah, because because before the season, well, but you're okay if you continue to play it after the now, holiday. Now, hear me out. Christmas can go on until the end of the month. I mean, I I, I think that's fine. Oh, so you you've got uh, a limitation of the end of December. Yeah. January first, oh, shut yeah. it down. If you're playing this January first, yeah, yeah, you, there's, there's, it's not cool. Would you complain to a restaurant if they were doing it? <laughs> yes, yes, no. I, I'm not the complaining type. Oh, no, come no, on. No, 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 no. Listen, I go into a, be I, honest I, with I, yourself. I will complain to you guys, but I, I worked in a restaurant. I, I've done customer service. I don't really complain to those people. It's just, it's just, you know, it, it's. They have a hard enough job. They don't need some jerk complaining about mm. Mariah Carey blasting all I want for Christmas while I'm eating my no, lunch. No, so we have to hear about well, it. Well, I mean, you guys are no, my that's, buddies. That's, so uh, that makes sense that Chapman wouldn't ex- uh, express himself to them. He would just go on a very popular radio show yeah, and, and tell the world class. about yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah, that's exa- <laughs> that's exactly it. Uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back and we'll set up the next half hour of the VGK Insider Show. Uh, shorter program, obviously, today. I uh, want to also tell you that we'll open up the phone lines uh, tomorrow for you like we normally do at the start of the week, but I uh, wanted to make sure that we maximize that tomorrow when we have a full program for you. But uh, we've got news and notes uh, coming your way and a little bit of Bruce Cassidy uh, uh, also as we broadcast from Vegas and Los Angeles on Fox Sports Las Vegas. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. 7.30 7.30 start tonight in Los Angeles at Crypto.com Arena between the Golden Knights and the LA Kings. So things are kind of thrown out of whack as if it's uh, not hard enough during the holidays to figure out what's going on. Uh, we're coming on uh, an hour later than normal and yep. we'll be going to 6.30 and then at 6.30 is the pregame show. Or Ryan Wallace hosting that uh, until uh, 7.30. But the, the cool part about this is, is we add on to it by me being on the road and doing the pregame show on the television side. Uh, so I'm going to interrupt and take over Dave Gosher's spot in the broadcast booth and mm-hmm. move him aside for the half hour. He won't be able to do his regular preparation. Yep. That's going to that's gonna bug him like you would not believe. And right now, I'm in the spot that normally uh, belongs to 
Gary Lawless. Yep. And so I moved him to the back of the broadcast booth, and he is very upset. So I'm cutting a swath through downtown L.A. in annoying my coworkers by being on the road uh, out of unforeseen circumstances. You couldn't be happier either. Uh, and, and I'm living life. Yep. yep. Like, like, I don't know. Like, Gosher right now <laughs> is writing. And he's not even looking at his paper. Yep. Yep. He's writing. He's talking to people. Mm-hmm. And he's looking off to the side. It's the, one of the most bizarre things. Uh, Shane Nadi is extending uh, uh, one of the, uh, he's telling me that I'm really popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now yep. uh, by waving Number his one. hand. Lawless is doing, I don't know, he's texting. Lawless is always texting somebody, but never to do with, uh, yes, I would like a coffee. Oh, this was, <laughs> this was nice. Uh, uh, with milk, please. Yeah. Uh, that's the nicest thing Gary Lawless has ever done uh, for me, other than let me stay at his house when I first moved here. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, there's a lot of interesting things uh, going on here. I like this rink, except for it is the coldest rink south of Manitoba. Oh, come on. I'm serious. It is freezing in here. Your tent fly, bud. Your tent fly. No, there's a heater underneath here. There's three heaters in this broadcast booth uh, trying to keep it uh, keep it warm. And it is cold. Uh, we've got one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Update on VGK prospects of the World Junior Hockey Championship. That's coming up in the next half hour, as well as some sound from Bruce Cassidy on Fox Sports Las Vegas. You're listening to the VGK Insider Show. White Cloud feed to the right, back in front. White Cloud scores! White Cloud bearing down on the goal, straight down the middle. Went to the outside right for Stone. Stone tapped it right back to White Cloud. The righty rips it home. Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Eichel, nine seconds through the left circle. Number nine closing in. He scores! It's an overtime winner. Jack Eichel, two to one Golden Knights with six seconds to go. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Game day for the Vegas Golden Knights in Los Angeles for the second time this season, but it's been a, a while since they visited Crypto.com Arena. Opening the National Hockey League season here with a victory, a comeback against the LA Kings, and they'll try to make it 2-0 against their Pacific Division rival in a matchup of one versus two inside the westernmost loop. Darren Millard at crypto.com arena and ryan wallace is out and about yep parkway tavern on mark street in henderson uh, plenty of time to get down here obviously i'll be here all night pre-game intermissions post-game show carnell johnson golden pipes he'll be in the building as well so you'll want to make sure to get down here say hello to him um, and then there's great drink specials all game long as well as taco tuesday so lots of specials down here at parkway tavern get down here say hello and watch the game and it is Tuesday. We should tell people that. It is Tuesday. And remind everybody that it is Tuesday because these things are hard to figure out. Uh, they get lost in the <laughs> shuffle. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird during the season because usually you go by game day or non-game day. Yeah. And we get into that. And then the odd time you'll know that it's a weekend because we don't do the show. The VGK Insider Show. So you've got uh, a little more uh, breathing room within your day. But that's about the only way that I can tell the difference between a weekend and, uh, and a weekday. 
uh, during the course of the season. But uh, but right now during the holidays, things get shuffled up even more. Yep. Tonight's game uh, against the LA Kings is one of those weird ones across the National Hockey League schedule where you don't know what you're going to get. Like There's the mental uh, focus that is required going into the holidays, and coming out of it is the physical side of it where uh, anything that you did on the 23rd or prior to doesn't carry over. So with no practices the last three days, mm-hmm. who's going to be able to be sharper? And, and this one tonight, quite honestly, the first period is all athlete-driven. Yep. And the, the coaches can say as much as they want, but and it's not even who's the better athlete or who's the more focused athlete or who's the athlete that, that's on his game more. It just might be one of those fluke things where somebody's feeling it right now. And, and until everybody kind of gets up to speed and gets going 15 minutes into this game, uh, there's, there's all kinds of things that you could be uh, witness to. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, both clubs have in the first 10 to 15 minutes. I, I've i kind of talked about it over the course of the, the first hour. I, I want to see a little bit of chaos. I'd like to see some chances back and forth. I know that from a, from a process perspective, that's probably not what you want to see if you're Bruce Cassidy. But for the Golden Knights, put pucks in deep and, and try to get a couple of transition looks and bury a couple like let's let's get a, a nice fun entertaining well, hockey game going. there's not a shot that should not be taken i agree in the yeah. first 15 minutes and and i'll go a step further i don't know whether you guys saw this in the uh in the vancouver game uh the other night where there was a, a player who did the old fake dump in and then rifled it on net <laughs> i have not witnessed this since the old days of goalie school where the instructors used to do that, and you were practicing your touches behind the net, and they try and catch you, uh, leaving your net early. But yeah. uh, but they got they got Spencer Martin, and and the Vancouver ended up winning the game. But it was it was one of those ugly ones. That's one of those ones that I might even pull out of the bag of tricks tonight, and or flip a puck in, bounce it in uh, before any, uh, the the goaltenders find their the rhythm. And it sounds like it's going to be Phoenix Copley from the North Pole. Oh, does he have anything left from the other night and the, the big World Tour? Oh, uh, I think it'll uh, be fine. From from Santa, uh, or and uh, and Logan Thompson, but uh, but there is uh, an opportunity to take a shot from anywhere inside that offensive zone. It's on net. Oh yeah, it, it, you know, it, there's no bad shots. I think early on in this game, and uh, you know, just kind of continue the the, the the thread on Phoenix Copley and North Pole. Like if there's one player that's going to be uh, used to used to working, it's it's obviously Phoenix because he had a busy night the other. But day. he didn't have the break. Well, yeah, everybody but, else had. But, again, he's going to be well-oiled. He didn't have mm. a break. You're right. Uh, coaches are wondering the same thing we are right now. What's going to be the performance of the first 10 minutes? Uh-huh. What's it going to look like? Uh, let's get to Bruce Cassidy, who greeted uh, myself and the rest of the media this morning uh, regarding uh, the uh, opening of the Second half, uh, you might want to call it that, uh, here at Crypto.com time. Did you get to enjoy a little bit of time away? Yeah, I think everyone does, right, this time of year. So uh, we had a good Christmas. Hopefully everyone else did. What is the approach to getting the guys ready, given what the schedule was today? Um, listen, it's not perfect. Uh, I mean, guys are typically pretty dialed into their routine, so today that, that changes a little. But I think given the circumstance, they're, they're okay with it. They're, they're coming a nice break we had a very intense schedule before that it's christmas all of those things it's not a long travel day i think we'll have good energy tonight it's probably tomorrow 
a little more worried about when you're back to back right away, but uh, that's just my feeling on it. How important has Mark Stone been? Well, he's our captain. He makes people around him better, uh, plays in all situations. Uh, I think most importantly, he's been healthy. I don't think he's missed a day. Uh, so I think that gives him juice, gives uh, you know the rest of the team some energy as well, gives us options. Um, I know he's played with Stevie a lot. He's played with Jack. I'd probably fit him in anywhere, to be honest with you. It's a smart hockey player. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, listen, I don't want to say one guy's more valuable than the other, but he's certainly been one of our most valuable guys. I don't think anybody can argue about that. Talked a lot, Bruce, about starting on time. <coughs> Excuse me, starting on time as a group. You guys have been good at that this year. What do you look for from the bench to see that you guys are where you want to be early? Uh, energy level, puck management. Are we winning battles early? How are we in the dot helping to win face-offs? I think early on you just want to have the puck more than them so you can dictate the pace of the game. Um, Line change length, I think, is something a coach always looks at early on. Are the guys overstaying? Are we stuck in our own end? That, again, probably means puck management. So I think we do a lot of those things well early on. Um, and uh, discipline, right? You typically don't want to start shortening your bench for penalty issues right off the bat. And I think we've been good at, good at that as well. When you have people coming back, would you like Amadio to make it Hard for you to just go back automatic to what you had before? Well, anybody, right? Even the young kids that are in there, it's the third line, so to speak. Uh, I think that's, I've always said that I think the best teams have, uh, you know, internal competition, whether that's from your minor league team pushing up or your roster guys that are not playing. Um, so, yeah, I, I would like, like I said, whoever's kind of the guy that's been in and out, he's certainly one of those guys that make it tough. And um, I don't think you can. Depending on who's coming in, Gary necessarily drop a guy down, but you can certainly, it allows you to think about different combinations, let's put it that way, where a guy's higher in the lineup. Um, you know, Jack, when he's back, he's going to play. He's going to play up, he's going to play with good players. That's inevitable, but who are those, you know, is it maybe one winger is used to and another younger guy, so you can spread the wealth, so to speak. So that those are the things that I think about when when guys go in and 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 make it hard on you and, and really play well. And Amo's done that so far, so good for him. He's worked hard. Um, you know, he's a low-maintenance guy, and if, and if he can give us some good minutes up there, then, like I said, it makes you rethink, well, what are you going to do when your other guys are back? gives you options. What do you like about 94 that you keep putting him in? Um, I like his grit. I like that he's hard to play against. He, he shuts down plays down low below the goal line, which minimizes time at our end. And once he does that, I think he makes an effective play. Uh, I wouldn't sit here and say all of a sudden he's going to run our power play by any means, but he, he'll move the puck to the open guy, keeps it simple. Um, so he's one of those guys, the less you notice him, the better player he typically is. When you, you watch video after and you see him doing those things, then you, you, you can appreciate that. Um, puts out a lot of fires down there. Uh, and, and it does allow us to move our left sticks over, right? That Marty was on the right or Hag, different guys that have played it. And I think they're, they're certainly fine over there if they have to do it, but they're Natural lefties. I think it's just easier for them to stay on their strong side. Allie, right behind you guys. Haven't seen them in a while. What are you expecting here tonight? Uh, well, they, they went through some goaltending issues. I think early on this year the scores were high, um, so they seem to, have, you know, uh, settled in with Copley and Quick for now and in, a, in a rotation. Um, so I expect, you know, probably a tighter defensive game than than a lot of chances. I think what happens if goals start going in. It's almost the opposite as a player. You sort of say, well, we've got to score to win tonight. So you, you, you go the other way instead of tightening up. So when, when the goalie is making saves, I think you're, you're more conducive to stick to your system. And I know they're, they're 
you know, they play their 1-3-1 well. They're a team that's over the years with Todd has limited chances against. So that's what I expect to see out of them. Um, you know, they skate well. They're on top of you. Um, again, we haven't seen them since opening night. I thought we had a good game that night. We got better as the game went on in this building. And, and I know we got a fortunate goal late to score, but we were in a good position to create that tournament, and we had to finish the play. So um, at the end of the day, it, it should be a great game. Both teams are obviously well-rested. <laughs> uh, that part you don't know. Probably scruffy early on. If you can avoid major mistakes early to get your legs under you, then that'll be important as well. There is... Bruce Cassidy speaking this morning to the media uh, as uh, the Vegas Golden Knights get set for the second meeting of the season against the Los Angeles Kings. And this is one versus two in the Pacific Division. Vegas knocking on the door of 50 points, and uh, their next win will be 25. And Los Angeles Kings five points back. And I think Los Angeles being within five points of first place is a real credit to them given all the goaltending situation uh, and uh, adventures they've been through. It's a team that can score, and they've had to outscore a lot of their issues, and their issues haven't necessarily been mistakes. It's been poor goaltending. Now, Phoenix Copley has come in, and he has been the answer for right now, the answer over the last seven or eight games. But for the Kings to be able to... Uh, I guess get to where they want to be, and that's challenging Vegas at the top of the Pacific Division. I know they're only five points back right now, but if they if they want to continue to, to be in that spot or, or challenge for first, they're going to have to get better goaltending, and they're going to have to be able to continue to put the puck in the back of the net like they have over the first 37 games of the year. I was doing some analysis of uh, what uh, these two teams and how they stack uh, up, and uh, they're almost identical. When, when you look at the performances this year, goals for virtually the same. Yeah. Uh, eight players uh, right now on, on both teams have 20 or more points. That, that's uh, identical. Uh, they both have uh, a stud of a blue liner going right now. Uh, Alex Petrangelo has averaged 27 minutes a game in his last three uh, and has a point in, in his last four since returning from the uh, the absence to look after daughter Evelyn. And Drew Doughty is is great. So there's, there's a lot to, to size up between these two teams that it could be a good second half of the season in a battle for playoff position. Yeah, and, you know, again, it, it all comes down to, for the Golden Knights, how how long are you going to be dealing with injuries in, in terms of the, the likes of Jack Shea Theodore? Uh, we know Zach Whitecloud's going to be a bit longer, but, I mean, those are kind of the, the big ones, the key ones. And then when it comes to the Los Angeles Kings, are you going to be able to consistently get saved? Because, you know, when you look at offensively, yeah, Vegas and Los Angeles, they are essentially dead even. But where the Kings have fallen short is is keeping the puck out of their own net. So um, I think the Golden Knights can can deal with the injuries and, and be okay. But if the Kings start to, to, to kind of regress from a goaltending perspective, it's going to be real tough. Uh, let's get into some uh, one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League as we uh, slide into uh, this post-Christmas schedule. And a couple of things that uh, I want to point out to you. One is the World Junior Hockey Championship. And... Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights have some players that are participating in this, and uh, one of which is Carl Limbaugh. 
the goaltender uh, for Sweden. And he has played two games in two days to kick off this tournament and has two perfect performances. Uh, yesterday was a whitewash uh, as they uh, hammered the opposition 11-0. Uh, Today, much different story. Uh, following the 13-save win in an 11-0 victory over Austria, uh, Lindblom made 28 saves in a 1-0 performance as Sweden beats Germany. There you go. Uh, that's, that, I mean, that's really all you can ask for, right? You're 2-0. Yeah. Perfection. And you, you, you've got back-to-back -back shutouts, one a little bit more difficult than the other. Well done. Uh, Chapman, let's go to you for this, uh, the update on <laughs> uh, the uh, Czechia game. And the prospects of uh, the Brabenik, Jacob Brabenik, uh, is in the uh, lineup there, and Matthias Sapovalov. Yeah, so Brabenik had a goal and an assist and four penalty minutes. And uh, Shapovalov Shapovalov <laughs> had four assists in the game. Although, wow. I, I, a guy that I have my eye on, just because he's got the greatest name ever, Marcel Marcel, he had an assist for the Czechia as well. I can't believe he didn't say uh, Shapovalov's got the uh, the greatest name. And there's <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Uh, yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's weird, too, that uh, there's different pronunciations uh, for Sapovalov right now. I was under the impression that it was Sapovalov, yep. but I'm listening to the broadcast uh, and the TSN broadcast and Gordon Miller of National Hockey League play-by-play -play voice, a longtime play-by-play uh, -play man for the uh, World Junior Championship, is saying the Shapovalov. So I'll, I'll bounce back and forth a little bit there because one way or another, I'm going to be right on that. But uh, a couple of big performances uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Zach Dean playing for Canada. He took a, a five-minute match penalty yesterday. It, it was a, a really iffy call. Uh, but that turned the, the tide in Canada's loss against Czechia uh, yesterday. So uh, Zach Dean will not be able to go in their second game as Canada rolls it out tomorrow trying to bounce back uh, from, from that one. But I don't know whether you guys saw the hit or had an uh a certain impression on it, but it it was in any league other than the W double IHF. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was a good hit. It, it was not dirty or mean or headhunting by any standard. Yeah, I, I didn't see the hit. I, I, honestly, the only thing that I kind of understood coming out of uh, the Canada game yesterday is that you shouldn't try to score goals with the Michigan. Well, they did it twice and and I were know. stopped twice. Yep. And they did it twice early. And I honestly, I love the Michigan. Yep. I think it's amazing uh, that uh, that athletes are able to to try that in such a crucial situation. But I thought in a close game, so there's two sides of it. One, if you do it in a blowout, you're showing up the other team. Right. If you're doing it in a close game, are you taking away from? Uh, a better opportunity somewhere else to try that. And uh, I, I don't know where I am. Uh, last night, I didn't like it because I thought, geez, it's still early and you're trying this twice. Now, it's two different players, and one of them is the, the top prospect for the National Hockey League draft in Connor Bedard. Sure. I give him a pass. Like It's, uh, it's pretty like if, if anybody's going to score on it, it's going to be him. But uh, I, I didn't really like it early on when you're trying to establish some momentum and, and score some goals, did they pass up uh, other uh, chances? That's where I'm thinking. But then you do it when you're up 8-1. It, it doesn't really sit uh, well with the other team. Uh, Tory Krug, guys, 
placed on long-term injured reserve by the St. Louis Blues oh. with a lower body injury. That was announced today coming out of the break. So more challenges for the St. Louis Blues as they try to get into uh, a more comfortable position in the Western Conference. Yeah, okay. So, like, that's interesting. And it might be a blessing in disguise for St. Louis. And, and I know, like, this is probably not going to sit well uh, when you think about it. But listen, the Blues are 500. They are 16, 16, and 2. They have not been consistent outside of being wildly inconsistent. And you've got Ryan O'Reilly and you've got Vladimir Tarasenko in the final year of their contract. Like, you could get an absolute boatload of, of picks and prospects and players if you decided at the trade deadline that those two players were open and available. So I think that if the, if the Blues kind of go south here because you don't have your, your best defenseman, maybe that nudges them in the in the direction that they, they sell at the deadline, and that might be the best thing to getting back on track for the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, Blues say he's out at least six weeks with a lower body injury. Uh, that is right in the window of trying to tell Doug Armstrong, the general manager, whether they're a contender or whether they're a seller. And at this point, uh, they're outside the playoff picture, and they're five points uh, behind the Calgary Flames for the second wild card. It's going to be an, uh, an uphill road for them. I, I still think that they're a playoff-caliber team. But, and, and the recent history, right? They won the one and only Stanley Cup in the franchise a few years ago, and they were the worst team in the National Hockey League in early January. Like, that, that's the fact. They, they turned it around from there. Chances of doing that, even coming from outside the playoff picture and contending for a Stanley Cup uh, twice inside of five years, yep. is, is a, a big stretch. Uh, my guess right now is that those players that you mentioned will be shopped and if Doug Armstrong can get something and do a little bit of a reload here uh, for, for his hockey club he'll take advantage of that uh, leading up towards the trade deadline and he might be able to get a can you imagine adding a Tarasenko uh, oh, to yeah. your lineup, uh, that type of uh, player uh, for for the stretch drive, uh, a guy that uh, has proven that he can play within uh, that structure and and also have the game breaking abilities that he has. Yeah, no, I, I I think that if the Blues fall out of contention over the course of the next six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is, the best course of action for St. Louis is to sell off both Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko and. and Reset. I, I think if you if you get those two players moved, it's a reset, not a rebuild. What uh, do you think brings you more value, O'Reilly or like which Tarasenko? Oh man, um, I mean, like Tarasenko can can break a game wide open with his skill, but Ryan O'Reilly is so so dominant in in, in a two hundred foot game situation. I I have to believe that it might be Tarasenko, just there's more flash, there's more finish there. Um, but I think the, the right answer should be Ryan O'Reilly. When you talk about overall impact, uh, you're right. But uh, the game-breaker status of Vladimir Tarasenko, wow. Uh, Marcus Foligno placed on injury reserve with a lower body injury by Minnesota. Patrick Line is in NHL COVID-19 protocol. Uh, he's questionable to play uh, against the New York Islanders huh. on Thursday. Uh, Cole Perfetti will be out 7 to 10 days for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, keep an eye on him. 
this year and and the next couple because I think that's get, this guy's got superstar written all over him yeah. uh, in his ability to put the puck in the net. And here at uh, Crypto.com, Quentin Byfield is going to play for the first time since October 25th uh, oh. when the Kings uh, host uh, our Vegas Golden Knights tonight. So uh, a l- good look at uh, at the future of the LA Kings and Quentin Byfield, who's uh, trying to uh, just make those uh, little steps to... to he's, he's a guy that's been hobbled by injury at times, yep, too. Yep. But uh, I, I would look forward to seeing him and, and seeing the progress uh, from Quentin Byfield uh, every time I get a chance to see him. He's going to center the fourth line with Brendan Lemieux and Rasmus Kapari. Yeah, I'm right there with you on Quentin Byfield. I, I think he's going to be an absolute stud for the Kings. Uh, it just it takes time to develop, and we've talked about it a couple of times on this show. When, when you're on a good team, and I would classify LA good, especially up front, uh, there are players just kind of ahead of you in in the in the system. And for Byfield, there's nothing wrong with dominating at the AHL level and, and incrementally getting worked into the NHL level. And I would expect him to be better now than he was before. Uh, the LA Kings and the Vegas Golden Knights on Fox Sports Las Vegas. The pregame show's coming up at the bottom of the hour. The Golden Knights looking for a 25th win uh, this season. The Los Angeles Kings are five points back in second place. Uh, are those the two best teams in the Pacific Division right now? Or is there somebody else that you see as a dark horse, somebody that comes from the uh, the outside around uh, the halfway pole? And, and make some noise down the stretch here. Well, I mean, Seattle's right there, but I, I don't know that I'm, I'm fully buying Seattle just yet. I, I need to see it a little bit longer. I mean, the right answer here is the Edmonton Oilers. Like, Connor McDavid is going absolutely bananas this year, and yet the Oilers are undone because goaltending isn't necessarily where it needs to be. Depth isn't where it needs to be. Um, and, you know, they're, they're still kind of porous defensively. So... If the Oilers kind of figure their things out, then I think the Oilers are the team. The Oilers should be, you're right. Uh, Calgary should be, and they're not being talked about. Uh, I don't buy into the Seattle Kraken as of yet, although Burakovsky and that acquisition has been stupendous for them. Uh, The more I look at it, though, the way that these two teams match up and how similarly they're built, I do think sometimes LA gets overlooked because I think Vegas is great and well worth it. Uh, They've earned every spot uh, that they've they've got, every victory that they've got so far this season and they're finding ways to win that this could be your two-horse race for the back half of the season between LA with better goaltending and Vegas having answered their goaltending and starting to get maybe a little bit healthier in the next couple of weeks. 